Welcome to Widow Too Soon. This is Michelle Bader Eversole, and I'm sitting by myself. Nope, I'm not going to sing it this time, but I am all by myself. Uh, it's Memorial Day, and Mark was not able to make it, so I am doing another podcast solo, but I think you're really going to enjoy it. I'll tell you about it in just a minute. But first, I wanted to share what's been going on since last week's episode. Well, we had the three-year anniversary of Luke's death, and there were some hard parts, and there were some good parts. And I woke up to breakfast in bed from Joel, which was very, very, very nice and kind and unexpected. He was very sensitive to me the whole day, um, as he always is, but extra sensitive on the 23rd, which was the three-year anniversary of Luke's death. And, you know, I just, I woke up at the time of his death, which was 6.15 a.m. and felt weird. This time I felt grief like, whoa, I'm married to someone else. Like, this is the first time I've ever had the anniversary of Luke's death um, and I'm married. So it was just kind of a strange thought. Um, I'd had some hard conversations with um, my son the night before just about his death and just all of those things. So they were already on my mind and like, oh my goodness, three years ago right now, this is what we were doing. Um, the rest of the day was pretty good. Um, Joel just really gave us the space to process as we needed. I went to the grave. <clears throat> Let's see. I had counseling. I went to the grave. Um, I talked to Luke. I say talked to Luke in quotes because I know he's in heaven, but it's just something I do that helps me process is I go to the grave and talk to him. I told him about Joel and how great Joel is taking care of us. I told him about all the kids and it's just part of the process that I do. I listen to our song once in a lifetime was our song. And, um, Haley had mentioned that now she has a driver's license. She wanted to go by herself. So later on that evening, she went by herself. So I thought that was really cool that she wanted to do that. The boys don't want to go and that's okay. We all process in our different ways. And then, um, I had a grief recovery class, which went well. And then the kids and I all went to red Robin, which was Luke's favorite restaurant. And normally every year I've been like, tell me memories of your dad. And they were just kind of having a hard time thinking of something new. And then I said, okay, tell me what you would tell your dad if he was here about what you've accomplished and done in the, you know, since he's been gone. And they all wanted to talk and it was beautiful just listening to them talk about that. And so I said, that's going to be our new tradition. Every year we'll say, Hey, this is what I accomplished since last year. And we had bottomless root beer floats and it was just a really beautiful time. And then when I got home, there were flowers on the counter that Joel had actually picked, but they looked like a bouquet. They were so beautiful. And he said, this is for all of you. I'm sorry for your loss. And I just loved how he was just like so sensitive the whole day. Um, but here's what was hard for me as is every year, no one, and I'm talking no one, literally not one person except for Joel remembered. And that was hard. Okay. My mom too. And some people, because I posted, like said something back, but no one, no, and I'm talking literally zero remembered. And that is always the hardest part for me when I feel forgotten. Um, it's really hard, even though I was kind of like prepared for it because I've talked about it on the podcast. It happened last year. Um, but if you're my friend or family and you hear this, please put it in your calendar, May 23rd and reach out to me next year, because that is like, for me, the most difficult part. I even had reached out to my best friend and, uh, she had forgotten to put it in her calendar last year. So um, it was hard for me. Those those things are hard for me. And I mean, two of my really good widow friends, they did respond to me when I told them. And they may have remembered on their own, um, but most people won't. And so just be prepared, that, prepared for that. Maybe if you're more mentally prepared, it won't hurt you so much that people are not going to remember. Maybe the first year. And hopefully you have something, one, somebody wonderful and amazing in your life. Um, but I had really, really hurt feelings that day by like just, just some situations. Um, so I just had to let that go and just, um, just remember people are human and always assume the best. So that's a little bit about that day. Um, it's Memorial day. I love how like spontaneous Joel is just yesterday. I was like, Hey, we should host a barbecue. Okay. We don't have a barbecue, like a grill. 
So we found one on Facebook Marketplace and picked it up last night. And then we went and bought all the stuff and we're having my family over for barbecue tonight. Um, and he's out with his son mountain biking. They do like, like dirt biking, like in the woods or something. I don't know. Joel and I just ride like on the regular ro road, but they do like full on dirt biking. And then it's been fun, you know, just having my kids home. And, um, I think my younger two have a couple more weeks of school and then everybody will be out for the summer. So it's been great, but we're going to get into today's topic. And today's title is morning to dancing, how much God can heal us. So what we're going to do today is quite different. We're going to take it way back to two years ago. No, sorry, three years ago. I made a podcast a couple weeks after Luke died. I mentioned this a few weeks ago, put the link, but today I decided to do something differently. I'm actually inserting it into this podcast. So what you're about to listen to is me in May of 2020, or is, I think it was June, a few weeks, literally a few weeks after Luke's death. And it's me talking just about where I'm at, how hard it was. Warning, I cry through the whole thing. I listened to this recently. Joel listened to it. It was very difficult. But what strikes me the most when I listen to this is I don't even recognize her anymore. The girl who was so brokenhearted and devastated and all of that. And what I see is that God literally, and I mean literally for me, <laughs> turned my morning into dancing. Like literally, sometimes I just dance around. I'm so happy. And I want you to see that. And I want you to pay particular attention to the part where I say, I know that I'm going to get through this, but I don't know how. And the point of this episode is to give you hope. If you are that broken girl, that broken guy listening to this, to know it's going to get better if you put in the work, you let God heal you, you draw close to him, you're not going to stay in that broken, devastated spot forever. So here it is, Michelle Bader back in 2020. Welcome to episode 27. This is your host, Michelle Bader, for the PeaceCast. Oh, this is going to be a hard one. <laughs> if you don't have Kleenex, you might want some. <laughs> this is the episode I knew I would one day need to do, but yet not prepared, but yet prepared. This is peace through watching my husband pass away. And it's, uh, it's been a few weeks coming before I had the energy to do this episode. And no, I don't feel like I have to do it. I feel like I want to do it because there's so much good through all the pain. So if you don't know, <clears throat> go back and listen to any episode before this and you'll know about my husband's journey through stage four cancer. On May 23rd, 2020, Luke moved to heaven and we thought we had more time. So today I'm going to share kind of what the last couple days of his life were like, the peace that God brought us and what it's been like since then. My hope and prayer is that you or somebody you know can get some hope from this who may be going through something similar. I pray that you're not going through something similar because this is the worst pain I've ever felt in my entire life. And I wouldn't wish this on anyone. <laughs> but if you do find yourself in a grief situation, maybe you can take some hope and some peace from what God has showed us. So whew, let me back up to May 22nd, our last day with Luke. We had no idea it was our last day, so that actually, May 21st, um, the nurse had come, we love her, and she had said, Luke, you're, we're going to need to bring in a hospital bed soon. And he said, nope, <laughs> in true Luke fashion. He did not want any help, he didn't want to have assistance, but she had noticed that his legs were really atrophying, and that soon, he wasn't going to be able to walk anymore, and... Ugh, Luke would have hated to have assistance with 
anything and everything he really I mean he had a hard time even asking me to make him food like he liked being independent and he the thought of him getting into a hospital bed because then he knew he wouldn't be getting up that was just too much for him like he just did not want that and he also really loved taking baths that was like his special time to pray and just have a little time kind of away and relax and it helped all of his pains and two days before he passed away it was the first day I can remember and I don't know how long that he didn't take a bath and it was just getting too hard for him and I even talked to him about me and Hayden assisting him and he did not want that and so things were getting pretty bad as far as his muscles starting to atrophy we were getting down to where it was going to get really hard I mean this isn't even mentioning all the things that were probably going to have to happen that I would have done for him but it would have been so hard on him and his pick line was ready to move over to um, having medicine through um, the pick line, but he never needed that, but I'm glad that it was there in case he needed it. So, okay. May 22nd, our last day with Luke. It was an average quarantine kind of day. Um, the kids, so it was a Friday. The kids had done their schoolwork. Um, by the time he got up, we had decided it was my first time taking them out anywhere like during quarantine and um we went to walmart to get some groceries and luke at the end of his life was really into like slushies and ices and it was just something that sounded good to him so we went to taco bell and got him a taco bell mountain dew baja freeze and got home to him and like right after he woke up and he was like oh this is so good he was loving it he was really craving Butterfinger ice cream. I couldn't find any, but I found a Butterfinger ice cream bar and gave that to him, and he loved it. And um, the kids played outside, and I sat with him, and we watched TV together. And just, like, I just knew. I didn't know it was that day, but I had a feeling that I needed to just stay close to him. And so I just sat with him. We just watched some shows, and the kids came in and out. We're doing their normal kind of routine and then at night we would always watch a movie and we didn't have a movie picked out so we watched a show and the show that we were watching was over so we found a new show to tell the truth yeah that's what it was called and he was like laughing and interacting and we almost didn't watch a show because we didn't know of one I'm so glad we did this is harder than This is harder than I thought it would be to talk about. Uh, but we watched a show and it would be, it was beautiful. Just the time together, popcorn show, normal stuff we did every night. We watched 43 movies during quarantine time with him. I wrote them all down. Um, I asked him if he wanted to do the book, you know, the book we were doing with questions for the kids. And he said he was too tired. And he just kept telling me. I just feel kind of blah today and he couldn't really put it into words he just didn't feel good um he I was in the boys room saying goodnight and he came in and Haley came in and Bentley came in and for some reason we had a group hug all together all six of us including Bentley and I will be forever grateful for that hug and that time with him and then I was sitting down talking to him holding his hand he was on the recliner and I was holding his hand and Haley came in to say goodnight and they had their normal kiss on the cheek goodnight love you sweetie princess whatever they say and she he would always hand her the comics from the newspaper I remember he did that and um it was actually I think the day before he was sitting in the recliner and he was crying and he was saying that he was sorry that he had to leave me and I held his hand and God gave me strength to not even cry at that time and I just held his hand and I said 
I was made for this. God created me to be your wife and to hold your hand. Until the very end, and I will do that. I will love you forever, and I will be there till death do us part, and I will hold your hand, and I will walk you through this. And he just looked at me, and he said, thank you. Thank you. And he was just, like, so thankful that I was there to be there with him. It's like, I know he didn't know that it was coming this fast, but he knew it was coming. The night before, we had also filled out some more questions for the kids. I have four sessions of like 20 minutes each of him answering questions, and I voice recorded them so I can share those with the kids someday. So I am thankful for the time that we did have to make videos. I mean, not videos, but um, answer the questions. Um, He never could do the videos. You know, we talked about it. It was just too hard. And he also thought he would have a little more time. So, usually he would come to bed. So we'd, you know, say goodnight to the kids. Usually around midnight, he would come to bed with me. And for some reason, I just went to him at 11. He said, I'm really tired today. And at 11, I said, why don't you just come back to bed with me now? And he came back and we were watching, I don't know, silly TV shows and we were making plans. He really wanted to go somewhere. Like, oh, let's get out. Like, we're stuck. I want to go somewhere. So we made plans to go the next day and see where he grew up playing baseball and to go see our high school where we met at and go visit his parents. And it was going to be this beautiful surprise. And um, we watched the show and and he put his finger to his chin, which he always did. When he was thinking, and he just looked at me, and he said, I want a cheese sandwich. Okay, if you don't know, this was so out of characteristic for him. He never asked me to make anything. He never ate in bed, not once, until the last night. Um, I'm like, you mean like a grilled cheese sandwich? And he said, yeah. I'm like, okay. So I went and made him one, just how I knew he liked it. And I made them food for myself and came back and we just ate in bed and watched the show and laughed. And then I looked at him and I said, not even knowing, <laughs> I said, this was our best date ever. We've never ate in bed. He's like, we haven't. Maybe we had ice cream once, but we haven't. And he's like, yeah, this is our best date ever. And then before he went to sleep, he was telling me that his leg was hurting and being the awesome athlete that he was, um, when the nurse told him to do some exercises so his leg wouldn't atrophy, he started doing calf raises. He told me he did a hundred calf raises. Like, who does that? (laughs) Him, because he just wanted to do whatever he could to be here longer. And, um, so he told me his leg hurt and I looked at it and I said, it's, I think it's swollen. And he's like, well, from all the exercise, I said, it it might be more than that. And then we said goodnight. I love you. Like every single night. And went to sleep. It was actually one of the most peaceful, like, going to sleep I had had in a long time. But I was also worried because his hands were cold and I knew that was a sign. And it was only about three and a half hours later at 4.30 in the morning. I woke up to the hall light being turned on and he was getting medicine and he was telling me that his leg was really hurting. And um, I went and he asked for the heating pad. So I found a heating pad, put it around his leg. And then a little bit later, he said, can you get me ibuprofen? We did that. And then he said, let's try ice. I got ice. And then he said, I'm getting really worried. My foot's going numb. And uh, so I said, I'm calling hospice. And our our nurse was not on duty, but um, another one was. And I started talking to them about his leg. And I turned around and he was having trouble breathing. And I think he thought he was having a panic attack, pretty sure. Because he asked for his medicine that he would take when he was panicking. And I gave it to him. And um, then he just started breathing really, really, really hard. And um, 
it was awful and I got him his oxygen and um and then he said he stopped breathing so hard and he goes that wasn't fun and those were actually his last words because when it started again and his his eyes were rolling back in his head and it was the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life and um I asked the nurse on the line, should I wake up my kids? And he said, yeah, he could hear the breathing and he could hear what was going on. And I ran and got my kids. And I think it was in the moment when I was getting them that his breathing stopped being so labored and he he was peaceful. So they never saw him suffering, which is awesome. And it was not much suffering. It was maybe a minute, maybe less. And... I said, kids, wake up. It's time to say goodbye to daddy. And I'll never forget Haley saying, no, it's not time. And they said, I'm sorry, I think it is. And so by the time they got to the room, his eyes were peacefully looking up to the right. And he was breathing. <clears throat> and I said, come to him. Hold his hand. Talk to him. He can hear you. He can hear you. And we sang think we sang Jesus loves me we talked to him I had remembered to call his mom and then call my mom and I told Luke your mom's on the way she'll be here soon and I know he waited for her I know he did and during that time the hospice nurse got there and told me I think we only have minutes and I said I'm not wasting another one and ran back in the room and um God gave me peace during that time, like in strength. I wasn't falling apart. I was directing the kids and I was just telling Luke, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Well done. A good and faithful servant, meaning that's what God's going to say to him. And um, his mom got there and was able to sing to him and talk to him. And Haley saying, you are my sunshine. And he tried to speak to us. And I said, it's okay. We know you love us because he was struggling to talk to us and I didn't want him to struggle. And I'm so thankful that the kids didn't have to see the worst suffering and, um, And then we we played the song, I Can Only Imagine, which I'm going to put a link. And if you haven't listened to it, please go listen to it. It's beautiful. It's all about heaven. And I remember hearing Haley's voice singing it. And I know I was singing it. And the kids, you know, had all been telling Luke, I love you so much. You're the best dad ever. And all kinds of things that they, they remember what they said. And, um... We play the song, I can only imagine. And in those moments, he went to see what we could only imagine. And he left us on earth, but I know he went straight to heaven. I know it. And all the kids started saying, he stopped breathing, he stopped breathing. And eventually we had the nurse come in and you know, officially see that he had gone because he had no heartbeat anymore. And uh, that's when I kind of lost it. The kids like said goodbye and I just laid in bed and held his hand. And I didn't want to leave my husband. But he was already gone. kids out fast because I didn't want them to see his body being taken away so we were able to leave and we were able to get out before that happened and then everything since then has been like 
I can't even explain it. I'm in shock. I miss my husband so much. It's been, let's see, 16 days, I think. And this is the longest I've ever been in 18 years, like since we were dating without seeing him. And I knew this was going to happen. I knew it would happen. But we thought we had more time. But let me tell you the good. Let me tell you the peace. Because there is good in this. I had to talk to the doctor and talk to the nurse and say, tell me how this is connected. How is his leg hurting and his foot going numb connected with him stop breathing? Just like that. You know, they thought it was going to be this full progression. And the nurse told me it's probably a blood clot. <clears throat> he probably had some kind of blood clot. And the doctor, they both, this is what they think we'll never know for sure. We didn't do an autopsy or anything like that. But it was probably a blood clot that went to his lungs. And his lungs are filled with cancer and he couldn't survive it. But the doctor said, I want to assure you there's no pain or suffering when people die of a blood clot. So that was very comforting. And learning more, the more I learned about how other cancer deaths have gone. And what I was prepared for was way worse. And I'm just so thankful, even though the shock of it was horrible. I'm thankful he did not have to go through the last what could have been a couple months maybe of just suffering and pain and emotional suffering and just being helpless and having someone else have to do everything for him would have been that would have been like his worst nightmare I know it was he talked about it he did not want that and so I thank God that he took him quickly although I would give anything for more time with him I thank the Lord for not making him go through all of that or the kids having to see him like that for months. That is the beauty in the ashes. And he's doing just great. It's us that are here as I try to navigate a world I never wanted. But I'm not angry. I'm not angry at all. I know that phase may come, but I'm sad. That's where I'm at. I'm sad beyond anything I've ever experienced. And there's no one or nothing that can make it better except for God. That is what I found as much as I love people and my best friend, Deborah, who dropped everything and came from Idaho and my sister-in-laws and brothers and parents and like everybody who's been so amazing. Nothing can heal this pain, but God, nothing. And so that is where I cling, and that is where I go, and that is where I'm trying to get my kids to go. And they're grieving much differently than me. I'm crying all the time. They're barely crying. But we're all going to go through it differently, and um, it's just been unlike anything I've ever experienced. This is not the life I imagined for us. Like, I was supposed to get like 40 more years with him, you know? But this is what was allowed. If God allowed it, I can accept it. Though it hurts worse than anything in the entire world. I know. If God allowed it, I can accept it. It doesn't mean he made it happen. There is sickness in the world that he never intended. But if he allowed it, I can accept it. Because everything that happens has to go through God's hands. He either causes it or allows it. And I know he didn't cause this, but I know he allowed it. And we prayed every day for a miracle. And you know what? He got his miracle. He got it in heaven. He's running free. He's happy. And I want to believe, and we talked to our pastor about this, and there's no biblical backing. There are no verses. But I believe that God gifts us with little glimpses. I'm going to tell you three beautiful things that happened in the first week or two. I believe 
and I wrote all about this is very interesting because my book that was set to release on June 1st has a lot of scenes in heaven and I believe that people in heaven of course they cannot experience sadness so they can't see everything in the world but I believe God lets them see the happy moments and then I believe he even gives us the gift sometimes of knowing that they're seeing and I'm going to tell you three examples right now Two or three days after Luke passed away, we set up our pool. Now, if you don't know, Luke and I have a pool, had a pool since um, before we had kids. We called it Lake Bader. We set it up every summer, and it's where we spend most of our time in the summer. Luke and I in the chairs, the kids in the pool. When he was healthier, he'd get in the pool more. So <clears throat> we set up the pool as we're setting it up. I'm not even kidding. Haley goes, look at that butterfly. And it was like the brightest orange but not like a monarch we don't know what it was like the brightest beautiful butterfly flying right over our heads above the pool and up in the air and it it just felt like god was like smiling on us and like i don't know letting us know that luke's happy or something i don't i don't believe like he's the butterfly but i believe that god god allowed that for us and then the next thing was when it was coming on the week anniversary, his time of death was 6.15 a.m. on a Saturday morning. And I was like, God, please just let me sleep through the week. I like sleep through that time. I don't want to be awake thinking about it. And I woke up, just woke up at 6 a.m. And then at 6.15 a.m., thunder and lightning. And Luke loved thunderstorms. Like he would get the whole family together. We'd watch them together. And all the kids woke up, the dog woke up, and we sat at our back um, screen, our back sliding glass door, and we all sat down and watched the thunder and lightning and thought of Luke. And it's not that he caused it. I just think that God allowed us to have that moment to say everything's okay. You know, I don't know. Then the third one, and I'll try to put a link to this because I want you to see this. It's just too beautiful. Haley, daddy's little girl, daddy's princess, had wanted, she's very artistic. She wanted to make this chalk art forever and she kept talking about it and ended up, I let her use Luke's old medical tape that we're not going to use. And she put down all this like tape and made this design and it was beautiful and wrote, I love daddy. I love you, daddy. And Every single picture, the sun, there's even one with a rainbow above her. The sun is shining on her. And that was their song, You Are My Sunshine. And it was so beautiful. And I believed it was God saying, He sees this. He sees you, baby girl. He sees it. It was beautiful. And I'm just going to pray for more moments like that. Because it was the most beautiful thing. And... I'm just thankful for those little moments and um, I'm having a hard time. I'm feeling like I'm grieving two different things. First, the loss of a father for my kids and what they're, you know, how that's going to affect their lives. And then the loss of my husband in August, we would have been married 17 years. So I'm rounding up to 17 my husband of 17 years, the one I shared everything with, is not here and I'm suddenly a widow. How is that even possible? Like, widows are usually old and I don't know. That's how I used to think of widows, you know, in the Bible where they talk about be nice to the needy and the widows and like, now nah, I'm a widow. Like, I don't like that name. But I'm choosing to believe God is the head of our house. He is the man of the house. He is going to fill in the gaps for the father and the husband that are gone. And he's going to heal these hearts. I know it. But these hearts are broken. Whether my kids are crying about it or not, their hearts are broken. We lost the glue. We lost the heart of the family. And that is hard. And I don't even know most days how to feel. What to feel. Am I going to cry? Yeah, most days I cry a lot. I cry 
when I see things that remind me of him, I still haven't put away like his glasses on the nightstand and like, I don't even know what to feel. And at the same time, I'm trying to take care of all of these things. Insurance is going to run out. Filing for social security, all these bills. I didn't ever touch bills. He did it all. And at the same time, I'm trying to take on these responsibilities and it's just a lot and I've always like had some goal or some dream or something I'm excited about and right now it's real hard to see that I've never been depressed really I don't think ever in my life and I don't think I am depressed but I've never had these feelings like I feel right now where it's hard to see anything good on the horizon like at all even though I know there is But without him, it's so different. Even when he was sick and even though he was in bed half the day, he was still there. And every evening we spent with him. And I think the nights are the hardest for me because during the day is kind of the same. But the nights, the evenings, they're hard. And Haley sleeps in bed with me. And I actually sleep in his spot. I actually sleep in the spot where he passed away. And I didn't think that would be possible, but it is. And the first night was really hard. And now I'm getting a little more used to it. And I love having her as a roommate. We talk a lot. And um, it's good. We talk about everything. And it's so sweet. And I feel like so much closer to her having her in the room. And neither one of us are ready to sleep alone. So, um, And the boys are, you know, they share a room. So... I'm trying to come together as a family in some things we are, but there's still, there's a lot of kid arguing and just stuff that's a lot. And sometimes I don't think I can do it. And sometimes I even say, Luke, I need you. I need your help right now. And then I say, God help me because he's not here to help me. And I don't think I can be a single mom. And I, I don't know. It's just too much. And the other day, I wrote a prayer. And I'm going to read it. And um, this is really where I was a couple days ago. And uh, where I am now. Sometimes. Okay. God, I need you. I'm so sad, too sad to put into words. Like my whole world was shattered in a single moment. I mean, I knew it was coming, but not the way it was coming. And I do thank you. The suffering was minimal, but I don't know how to get past this pain. It's debilitating and I'm having a hard time seeing how I will ever recover. It feels like this might take me out forever. I do know that you have a plan, but it's really hard to see it right now. I just feel pain in every direction, and I'm so lost and hurting. I hurt for my babies as they navigate a world without daddy. I hurt for myself that I can't ever have a conversation with Luke, my husband of almost 17 years. I hurt when the kids fight, and I don't have a partner to talk to about it. I hurt when I wake up and see his things all around, and he's not there. I hurt when I think of his last hour on earth and wish I could have done more for him. I hurt when I think of him straining to tell us something. I hurt when I wake. I hurt when I sleep. How in the world are you going to take this shattered heart and put it back together again? I miss his voice. I miss his laugh. I miss his smile. I feel broken beyond repair. I have never had these feelings before where all I see is clouds, pain, sorrow, and I can't even see sun or good on the horizon. God, I really do trust you. I really do know you love me and have a plan, but why? Why did I have to become a widow? Why did Luke have to die? I need your healing touch if I'm ever going to live again. Will there ever be a day it won't hurt so bad? Will I ever feel joy? Will I ever feel joy again? God, please help me. Send me some comfort. Send me something to help me not drown in these treacherous waters. And that's how I feel. I mean, I do know there's good. 
I get glimpses here and there when I have a little glimmer of hope of something in the future. I have never been somebody to be down. And I have so many amazing friends and family. But I'm so sad. I'm so sad. And I don't blame you if you've turned this off by now. I've cried the entire thing. But this is raw and real, and I pray it helps somebody. If I have to go through this hell, that's what it is. And I hope that it helps somebody. And on top of this, because of all the restrictions, we can only have 10 at graveside. And I wanted a big, huge celebration, and I know we will get it in time. So we're doing our small graveside this Friday. We'll be burying his urn. And on top of all of this, I had to make all those decisions too. And uh, all the arrangements and all those decisions. and It's just a lot. And uh, pray for us on Friday. We will get the closure needed. And, um, and pray that things open back up. Because I want to have like hundreds of people at his celebration of life. And I think the soonest we're thinking is September, could be later, and then I'm thinking nobody will care by then, but I know that's not true. But it's just, I'm glad we're getting this little bit of closure right now, and then eventually get to do something big. Um, I want to read something that I think I'm going to read on Friday. So I got the privilege of inheriting my grandma's Bible And inside of it, she has taped what they read at my grandpa's funeral. And I think I'm going to read it on that day. I'm not sure yet. Okay, listen to this poem. It's by Barbara C. Ryberg. When I'm gone, remember I'm with Jesus. Then do not mourn because I've passed away. Life holds so many griefs and disappointments. And will you cry because I did not stay? "'Tis only for a spell we must be parted. "'Not many years on earth to us are given. "'And when my Savior tells me you are coming, "'I'll go with him and welcome you to heaven. "'Grieve not, because the eyes that looked upon you "'shall never see your face on earth again. "'Rejoice, because they look upon the Savior "'who gave his life to ransom sinful men. "'Weep not, because I walk no longer with you. Remember, I am walking streets of gold. Weep for yourselves that you a while must tarry before the blessed Lord you may behold. I think it's just so beautiful and it just helps put it back into perspective, you know, like he's happy. And that's what Peyton keeps saying, like, I'm okay. He's happy. And it's true. He's in heaven and he's happy. And... We're the ones in pain, not him. He's okay. He's more than okay. And I don't know how people do this without hope. I don't know how they do it. I just don't. Because at least I know I'm going to see him again. And I know that God has my family in the palm of his hand. And he will take care of us he already has so many people have generously given to us thank you um financially and other ways and there's so much good that has come amidst the pain it was so hard Haley ended up with a sprained ankle at urgent care a couple days ago I thought I was gonna faint when they were taking her blood pressure and just being back there and like it was awful and I had to just pray God hold me because I can't do this I can't do this but he got me through somehow and somehow I've made it through 16 days but the thought of forever not forever forever on the earth however many more years I have without him is hard he will always be a huge piece of my life I'm wearing his wedding ring around my neck. I have the wedding ring he just bought for me. That was also hard. I wasn't wearing it when he passed away because it was being sized. And so I had to go pick it up. And that was extra emotional. (sighs) The Lord gives 
and the Lord takes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I spoke about this, I believe, maybe the last time I did a podcast, that I was, I was listening to the song, The Blessing. I had a beautiful vision of Luke running. He looked like he was in high school, running and running to Jesus. And just, he had such a big smile on his face. And, and God gave Haley a similar vision the day he passed away. And I think that's so beautiful. And, um, yeah, this has been a big cry session. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry because this is where I'm at and this is real. And, um, I've always wanted to be real. About three years ago when I was on a run, I, I, it wasn't like audible, but I heard it in my head and I heard God say, you're going to go through something and I want you to do it publicly. And that is why I have been so public about all of this stuff. And um, I know that Luke's life and his joy and his steadfast love for Christ and all of his things. I know his life has touched others and I know it will continue to touch others and he will not be forgotten. And, um, there's going to be a lot of firsts, the first holiday that we have to go through without him is father's day. I don't know how I'm going to do that one. And then Hayden's birthday. And then our anniversary. So the first three are like really hard. I guess there's 4th of July in there too. Which he also loved that holiday. He pretty much loved all holidays. Except for Valentine's Day. He said it was commercialized. (laughs) But you know. He still gave me stuff on Valentine's Day. So I don't know what else I want to say. I just... I just thank you for listening if you are. I don't know if anybody's going to listen to a whole cry session, but it's real. And, um, you know, Luke is leaving a legacy. And I will make sure his legacy continues. And I will make sure people know where he got his strength from. And where we get our strength from. Without Jesus, we would be lost. Lost. And consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials. Because you know that the trials increase perseverance, perseverance, strength. I know I got the verse a little wrong, but it's pretty much like that. I'll share it in the notes so I get it right. But I'm trying to praise God through the storm though my heart is breaking like I thought I knew what pain was but I didn't I thought I knew what this would feel like I thought I was ready I mean it was two and a half years of knowing this was terminal and I thought I knew but I didn't I thought I was prepared but I wasn't But God has surrounded us, and I mean surrounded us, financially and uh, physically with people. Um, You know what? A couple days, I'm having a whole bunch of my friends come over to help me, like, clean and organize and try to just help me whenever I need help. And a couple days after he passed away, my whole family is here doing projects and helping. And people have been so, so great. And I am so thankful. But it doesn't take away the sadness, but at least gives us a little sunshine in the rain. So I think this is probably my longest podcast, personally. It took me a long time to be able to do it. And as you can see, I'm still crying through the whole thing, but I'm grieving. And I'm going to get through it one day at a time, and I'm going to continue this podcast. And I'm going to continue, and I know, I know that I know that I know that God will pull me out of this water. He will not let me drown. And I will persevere. And I know myself and my kids will have a life. 
we will thrive. And yes, the thoughts of graduations and weddings and babies for the kids and all of that without him is so heartbreaking and he cried about it too. But I know God will get us through. For that, I have no doubt. I know it will hurt along the way, but I know that he loves us. I know that he has not abandoned us. I know that this is going to make us stronger, though it is not a way I would have ever chosen for me or my babies. It will make us stronger. So to wrap it up, please keep us in our prayers for Friday, June 12th. If that's already happened when you've listened, just keep us in your prayers because we need peace and everything as I try to figure out my life and what do I want to do? I don't even know. I don't know what I want to do as far as like career. Well, let me tell you the truth. If I can make money from podcasting and writing and speaking and maybe making a ministry out of helping other people who've been through this or going to go through this, that's what I want to do. If I can make a living and provide for my family that way, that's what I want to do may not happen so I may have to get another kind of job but just pray for peace and provisions and for direction and um, thanks for listening you guys are great and uh, talk to you later wow that was kind of hard to listen to huh definitely takes me back and makes me feel like the feelings But then yet what it does for me, like I'm getting all like teared up just thinking about it is just makes me so thankful to Jesus for his faithfulness, his love, his peace, his mercy, the gifts that I don't deserve, you know, to be where I'm at today, to be fully happy again, to have an amazing husband um, that understands my love for my past husband Uh, Anyways, that's a lot. Well, if you liked this episode, you know what would really help us? I'm going to mix it up a little bit. If you made sure that you are subscribed, that way you never miss an episode. It comes straight to you. We want to keep getting the word out. We're in like, I don't know how many countries now, but we'd like to keep growing. Mark and I have big goals and dreams and visions. It's interesting listening to the end of the podcast where I'm like, if I can make a living out of this, I want to do it. Now, I'm not quite making a living out of this, but I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving podcasting and grief recovery and meeting with widows and giving hope and inspiration. And, you know, so I do want to keep doing that. But anyways, what can help us is if you're, make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen. And then if you can give us a little thing, five stars, I know I always say that, but really it does help us. And if you can write a little review, take you like 30 seconds to say what you love about this podcast, it will help. And we're also going to start reading those reviews online, um, on air, which will be kind of fun. So anyways, we would love it if you do that. So if you want to be a guest, we are looking for guests. You can email us at widowed too soon m at gmail.com. Um, you can reach us on Facebook or Instagram, Widow Too Soon, and we'd love to hear from you. So have a wonderful day, and hopefully next week, Mark will be back, and we'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.